As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, the Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV. And we are wrapping up Season 1 of uh, Legion. This wonderful, mad, magnificent, strange thing we've been watching for eight weeks. Uh, <laughs> we finally got to Chapter 8. I'm joined by the hair metal hero, as usual, Chris Tyler. Say hello, sir. Take a bow. Throw some shit around the room with your mind. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> your Scott mask is running. Yes, my Scott mask is running, and, and my mascara. I'm sad. I don't. I don't want Legion to be over yet. I mean, we're gonna have to wait a year. <laughs> what a ride it's been. Um, I, I don't know if this was. Uh, this was not my favorite episode. I, I got a couple rants about this one, and it was just <laughs> to say uh, episode of Legion was strange is is kind of almost redundant in itself. But this one was a little strange. Um, so we'll, we'll, we got some email to read a little later, too, from uh, a listener. And we'll get to that after because he does reference quite a few things in, in the uh, synopsis. So we'll, All right. we don't want to just go over that ground first and then, and then read it to you because that would be boring. Maybe. Anywho, our season finale starts with some uh, fine harpsichord music. And then, surprisingly, instead of the resolution of last week's cliffhanger, um, we get a memory montage, which this the show is famous for. But for a change, it isn't David's memory. We actually see the aftermath of our interrogator friend's original injuries in Chapter 1 uh, and his recovery from his awful burns. He is visited his, by his husband and his son, and we get a, a light nod, I thought, to Batman 89 with the, uh, the whole give me the mirror thing. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty obvious. So I can see how fucked up I am. Uh, so that's where my brain chooses to cross the streams anyway. Uh, we get some more flashbacks of the original attack from Crispy's point of view. And we find that he's being pushed towards a desk job, but he's like, hell no, these mutants fucked me up for life, I'm going to war as soon as I walk out of this room. Um, it's kind of funny. He's like, if you want to put me, I'll do a desk job. Just make sure it's a portable desk because I'm going out in the field. <laughs> yep. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he he then dresses in his Magneto purple pimp suit. Yeah. Uh, complete with a pimp cane. And, and I wish I could come up with that original joke, but I, I saw it on a YouTube video. The guy just, like. Loved it. He's got even got a pimp cane. Well, yes, he does. I was I was reminded of uh, the guys that did the the funny dubbing for the old X Men cartoon. Oh yes, you know, yes. Black I've Tom Cassidy. Check yeah. out my pimp cane, bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Uh, anyway, he picks up his pink pimp cane and walks us into uh, current events. And it was quite. I was. It was very jarring. And I'm like, what? You know, it's obviously we wanted to get right to the action, but. It's kind of an extended look uh, behind the yeah. curtain. Almost felt really out of place with the flow out of the flow of the show. It kind of took me out of it a little bit. Um, Once I realized what it was, yeah, um, it was easier to get along, go along with it. I mean, it's one of those things that after the first episode, I thought we weren't going to be seeing this guy again, right? And, I, and, and I, it made sense to try to weave that in now because I'm. This episode's pretty straightforward, so it's kind of just get this backstory out of the way and then go. Yeah, I mean, it's a little, just a little surprising maybe that they didn't do it earlier, but then again, he didn't show up to last episode, so um, I think it was there to make a point that, yes, this character is going to be part of the ongoing narrative, if there is. I mean, I don't even know if this was, you know, made before or after they knew, you know, the announcement for season two, but I think they set it up to be like, if we do go forward... This guy's definitely going to be, you know, a yeah, we character. Have, we have to put some things in place. Mm -hmm. um, 
as as it was spoiled in the uh, uh, the promos when Crispy says uh, you can kill the others back in the present here, David uses his powers to make them a human Jenga game. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that popped into my mind at first, um, but doesn't seem to be as murdery as he was earlier. He probably would have just put them all into trees. Yeah, um, of course that was when the Shadow King was driving. So uh, David was significantly more evil back then. Uh, he tells him, you're right, we need to talk. And Crispy's like, shit. <laughs> and we also see that he has a camera in his eye. Um, we see that a room full of shady government types, including his husband, are watching and, you know, are like, crap, Team A is compromised. Uh, should we send in uh, Team B? And Crispy's husband is like, no, no, let's wait out uh, and gather some intel on this and, and not do anything yet. Because they get to watch everything that's going on. Um, Sid confronts David and asks him if he's just going to whip up a piece of cord by brunch and he starts talking about schizophrenia and she tells him again he's not sick he just has powers and David says no no I really am fucked up I'm also a mutant but let's face it living with a psychic parasite all my life has kind of twisted me a touch yeah his line about the scariest thing about schizophrenia is not knowing that you have it yeah yeah um, that's oof. I'm still wondering if they're just going to kind of... I hope it's just not a bad mistake in the case of the writers, man, because that, that kind of stuff really pisses me off, having worked in the mental health field. You know, well, that, that it's not, you know, if they're ever going to get to dissociative you know, identity disorder and or just keep calling it schizophrenia. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it, it might just be the whole lowest common denominator thing. What's the easiest way that we can put this for the viewing public? Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is just unfortunate. You shouldn't have to. It's not a dumb show, man. If if you're not of a, you know, you're not in the higher end of at least, you know, higher end of double digits, uh, low end of triple digits IQ, you're probably not even watching this show. <laughs> or if you are, you're even more confused than I am. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So he he kind of says he, he's like I'm, I'm sick of myself, and and this is only going to work if it isn't about me, but if it's about helping other people. So that was kind of a cool line too. He walks off, and suddenly Sid has a little flash of the white room, and and starts hearing some whispers. So hmm. Yeah. Now the interrogator is in a room, and then the Summerland X Men are discussing what we do with him. And Carrie is getting ready to try to help David. Melanie is pushing him to read Crispy's mind, and Potomini just wants to kill the guy. <laughs> and scientist Carrie's like, guys, Shadow King, we're all fucked if he gets out again, so let's deal with that first. Yeah. No one's having it. Uh, David starts hearing memories of uh, Lenny talking to him, and uh, female Carrie is, is keeping guard, and male Carrie goes to take uh, the interrogator some water. Kind of a weird scene, female Carrie. I think she's just like being over security person. Warns him to put the glass of water on the table. He's about to hand it to to the guy, and, and yeah. he's like, "No, don't make contact." Maybe implying that the interrogator has some powers, or it's, you know, or possibly was going to grab Carrie. You know, she's just being extra careful. I think. I think it's just that. Let's talk about her for a second, man. She was rocking. She's this show's version of Wolverine, pretty much. <laughs> And uh, yeah. Even kind of had her in Wolverine colors in this. I mean, she kind of was rocking like the, well, maybe, ro yeah, Wolverine slash. It was kind of like a blue-yellow ensemble or a brown-yellow ensemble, if I remember correctly. But it definitely evoked some Wolverine costumes in my in my head, at least. Yeah, I didn't quite grab that vibe, but I may I might not have been paying enough attention. Well, she just just her whole air about her of like the the un you know the the caged animal that she's always ready just to pounce and have these you know especially like the earlier scenes when she won't just give me ninjas to kill. <laughs> she's just she's definitely got a, a wolvy rage going on there that's barely in check. Yeah, there's a, a little bit of that, a little bit of multiple man. Yeah. And, uh, Kind of interesting. Actually, it's not even multiple, man. I don't know. Is there any? Have there been any other mutants where it's just a, a strict two-person joining? I can't even think of any. If there are, I don't know. I know multiple, man. I think it was in some of the X Men uh, or X Factor back in the late eighties, early nineties, or whenever it came out, that they did some stuff with him where his his doubles, you know, a couple of his doubles went 
fully independent and like wouldn't reintegrate and yeah i think one of them even did become evil for a while or something so definitely i mean there's a little blender method of of all these little x tropes going on in this show without actually having to go to the well and use a specific character and i think that's worked yep. really well for him well carrie wants them to merge again male carrie of course but she kind of again coldly tells him no so that thread's still broken uh, Melanie goes to speak to Oliver and asks him on a dinner date, um, obviously hoping to jog his memory of her, which isn't working so far. Um, Carrie calls for his help, uh, Oliver's help, with David's psychic exorcism. And what the fuck is that beeping, and why is it so familiar? Oh, okay, wait. It was the, the beeping sound that the door made. Like yes, everyone. that was freaking me out, too. Okay, thank you. And I swear this was a fucking intentional mind fuck. Because the door, I, I could not figure out where it sounded familiar until I just rewatched the thing. I it, it didn't even pick up on it until you actually see the female Carrie leave the interrogation room. And it makes the noise. Like, I, see, I had to see and hear it at the same time. Right. No, I just couldn't make the connection of what it reminded me of. And it sounds exactly like the sound my oven timer makes <laughs> when, it, when it warns you that you have a minute left on your timer. It's exactly. I went and tested it. And it's just <laughs> like, so during that whole scene, I swear my body was, like, instinctively trying to get up to go check what I was cooking. <laughs> It's oh, man. Like, <laughs> uh, and of course I wasn't cooking and this this show just likes to fuck with me so well played Noah Haley I, I can't believe that wasn't intentional somehow I'm just going to go ahead and believe it was intentional it makes the experience more fun for me so Melanie goes to interrogate the interrogator and she apologizes for the whole burning thing and he says oh you'll be sorry alright because there's uh, 50 of you and I have an army and she's like, yeah, well, we have a Hulk. Well, no, wait. Uh, she's like, well, dinosaurs used to rule the Earth, too. Yeah. <laughs> and we find out now that his uh, his name is actually Clark. And he lets her know uh, he pretty much knows everything about her and her little camp and that the cavalry is coming. But unimpressed, she tells him, you were right about David. He's a world breaker. And she's like, your window has closed for killing him because uh, you better learn to fly because the age of the dinosaur is over. Yeah. So, and you get a little... Little threatening with uh, she knows the power that she she has at hand if she if she can control it and I think she's definitely wants to we've known all along that she's kind of almost a Professor X but maybe even a little more skeevy um, and she that, definitely has an agenda yeah I mean she's definitely kind of about this this war and um, you know David's efforts to kind of make peace here in a little bit uh, is not taken well by everyone. Yeah, she's got no problem with autonomy and uh, the female Carrie killing if they need to. That's oh, no. not something that would would go over well with Professor Rex. Yeah. So, although he even, definitely a different character. He even loosened his reins a little bit over the years, especially in Logan. Um, but back in Carrie's lab, they're trying to keep David's inhibitor working while he talks to Clark. And Clark is putting on a brave front, and he's like, "Hey, is that my attack helicopter right here coming?" Um, and David tells him he doesn't have to be afraid and just keeps saying it over and over again, which it was like, it felt like goodwill hunting to me. <laughs> it's, it's not your fault. I expected the Robin Williams hug. Um, I picked the wrench because fuck him. That's why. Sid <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> asks, uh, we need you to do a whole podcast just as will hunting now. I think. Oh Jesus. No, that would not, <laughs> that would probably not be the best idea. <laughs> A retainer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to start doing quotes for it. Right, I have to mute. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sid asks, why don't they just uh, leave mutants alone? And he's like, you're gods, and one day you'll figure out you don't have to listen to us anymore. Um, which is pretty much how it would go down. David is like, and David's like, that's just the history of the world, bitches. Someone's got to win, someone's got to lose, or we got to all figure out how to get to you know, work together. Suddenly, Sid is pulled into the white room with uh, a very decaying Lenny taunting her and, and being very sexual about it, I might add. Yeah. She found her way in the back door, and she liked the back door action. <laughs> like that back door action, yeah. Oh, falling more and more in lust with Lenny, or Aubrey Plaza every episode. <laughs> 
And since Sid and David switch bodies, Lenny's able, uh, Lenny's able to talk to her and is going to try to force Sid to help her get out, basically. And Sid calls her a tumor and lets her know that she isn't looking well. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Uh, Lenny, uh, Shadow King, tells her that if you don't let me escape by letting me jump into you, I'll kill David before they can take me out. And I can just, like, not properly express how... Aubrey Plaza rocks the role in this episode, and and she doesn't even say all that much. But the makeup she's got, she's yeah. like a cross between like Beetlejuice and it's a it's a very Tim Burton esque thing. Uh, yeah, almost uh, like Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands hair got together and <laughs> had a kid. If you saw if you saw a goth kid go out in the rain. Yeah, it's kind of what it is. With you know some some facial scarring and yeah, bad acne. Um, but yeah, she just looks so freaking twisted in this. She's just got those eyes, man. That it's ninety percent. She does have crazy eyes. Glasses eyes. And David wants to meet with Clark's overlord so he can change their minds, possibly with telepathy. It was almost like he was going like, I'm just going to make you guys, you know, just be good. Uh, but it's clear as that his, his inhibitor is failing, so Carrie demands that he gets to the lab, and Clark is like, "What? what's up? What's going on here? And Sid spills the beans about the Shadow King, kind of to illustrate the point that everyone is fucked if they don't help David at this point. Yeah. And the lab, Oliver, is writing some machines that are a mix of 50s science fiction stuff and modern technology like this whole show has been. Uh, in the government room, someone asked for clearance to launch, launch the Peacemaker, which almost sounds like it could be, like, a nuclear option. Um, you know, just uh, nuke them from orbit. Let, it's the only way to be sure. And let God sort it out, yep. <laughs> David tells Oliver he feels the Shadow King trying to get out, of course. And Oliver starts a procedure which has cool lasers. Yes. And uh, Carrie explains the procedure with some mutant techno babble. And it begins, and we hear the beginnings uh, to Pink Floyd speak to me, breathe, and get treated to another trippy walk down uh, David's memory lane. And and once again, I'd like to point out that this podcasting editor, producer, put that music into one of our podcasts before it actually aired on TV. So Brilliant. A little pat on the back for me. <laughs> Why not? Even though I just admitted to copyright infringement. Um, eh, anywho. Fair use. Still a little disappointed they didn't go to the Sid Barrett well of Pink Floyd, considering we did have Sid Barrett in this, but... Yeah, I could definitely see some Arnold Lane or C. Emily play figure, and you could put in some of that real trippy... Yeah, you know, but early hey, uh, the Dark Side of the Moon is readily accessible stuff, so... Yes, it is. They they, they, they had some amazing friggin' uh, music rights on this show, just from right out of the gate, so... Yeah. Nice to hear him go to that again. Oh, yeah. Here we get another trippy walk down David's memory lane, and just another one of my little nitpicks, man. They they just maybe worked the whole memory flashback montages just a touch too much in this. I know what they were trying to go for, but it, it just some of it did get a little old, and my brain just shuts off. It's like, yep, seen all this every episode, basically. Well, if you're going to have a season finale, you kind of just have to hammer it home one more time. Right? Yeah, it's, oh yeah, you know, minor nitpick, personal personal stuff. I'm sure it worked for 99% of people. <laughs> Didn't keep me from watching the rest of it, let's put it that way. Yeah. So Oliver, I love this, Oliver is doing the Montgomery Scott and the Jeffries tube thing. I yeah. Can't help but think that was a little <laughs> intentional, too. Uh, and the procedure is uh, quite traumatic for David, and I'll still set to Pink Floyd. So lots of screaming, memory flashes, and creepy weirdness, and um, Carrie states the obvious that Farouk is fighting back, and we get mega creepy hands encircling David's face at one point. Yeah. That was nice stuff. Suddenly the madness stops, and it's just David with a memory of his baby self, and Lenny is there, first as the king, who kind of growls, but David's like, nah, nope, not doing your shit anymore. Uh, he turns into a very creepy and broken-looking Lenny, even a little more decayed than the last time we saw her. And she's not even speaking, really, at this point. She's just kind of, yeah. like, twitching, and, like, she's on her last legs, kind of literally. And David's kind of arrogantly talking to her, asking if she'll be, like, you know, a phantom limb when she's gone. He's wondering, you know, how he'll kind of live without her, since he's lived with her so long. 
Um, but she finally manages to gurgle out, I'm not leaving, and grabs his neck in the astral plane. Um, <laughs> gotta love the literal metaphors. Um, <laughs> David's distress is in, in their literal visual metaphors, anyway. Uh, David's distress is increasing, and Sid rushes in, and Wolverine Carey runs in the room after her. Uh, and the government guy says, send the Equinox. We have no fucking idea what that is. Um, next season. To save David, Sid kisses him in real life, switching places and taking the Shadow King, presumably. And Sid gets a creepy red lighting filter and, and cool contact lenses, which somehow makes her even more sexy than usual, because I'm apparently just a sick son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Always like the crazy ones, I guess. Um, she immediately touches Wolverine Carey, who kicks everyone's ass, including a finger psychic bullet for Melanie. And Oliver is in the dungeon room trying to fix things still. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make it or go any faster, to Captain. Uh, Clark hits Carey with, uh, with his cane, but she sends him flying. And David is there in the flesh and confronts her, and they run at each other. David becomes the Flash, apparently. <laughs> crackling with lightning and very flash-like effect. And and Carrie King has some weird red shield around her. Uh, and I thought Carrie King did a, a great, like, Wolverine. That's why I got the Wolverine growl. Like, when she first got switched, she's, like, kind of crunched, you know, crouched down on her haunches, and she gives this growl, and I'm like, that's fucking Wolverine all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm just in nerd geek squee heaven in this show, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Well, you don't have to. <laughs> and Oliver suddenly remembers that Melanie is his wife, and kind of a bittersweet moment just oh, yeah. for David to kick out the Shadow King by running into Carrie, and it jumps right into Oliver, who calmly walks outside and gets into a car and drives off among, um, amid the panicking members of Summerlin. He just says something silly like, oh, it might be a Transformer blowout. I might want to, you know, form a bucket chain or something like that. <laughs> All right. David is waking up on the floor underneath an X fan, literally a fan that is just doing this nice lighting X symbol thing. Uh, he wakes up Carrie and is, uh, goes to check on the others. And he helps Clark. And David tells him, uh, we're, we're going to need to work together now, you know? And uh, Clark's like, yeah, I know. I'll talk to him. He, he's kind of realizing there's worse shit out there than humans yep. at hand. So the rest of the crew is okay, except for male Carrie's spleen, possibly. Uh, he <laughs> scolds Sid, and, and the team susses out that the king is now riding around with Oliver, quite literally, as we see a fully restored head Lenny dressed in, you know, perfectly like, fucking, yeah. 50s yeah. June Cleaver clothes, basically. Pretty much. Um, riding around next to him and tells him to go somewhere warm. And then we get the end credits. And guess what, kids? There's an after credits, which I didn't even know about. Uh, I didn't know either, so tell me what I missed. Oh, shit. Um, well, I didn't know about till I, I always read reviews after I watch the show and, and see if I really saw what I just saw. Um... And so we find David and Sid on a balcony enjoying the night. Uh, and he's like, they went south. You know, he's kind of psychically probing. Uh, that's what she said. <laughs> and suddenly a little ball-shaped drone flies up to them and, and just kind of bops around for a minute. And they're like, oh, is that, that one of Carrie's? Like, it's cute. And Sid says, well, I think it likes you. And then suddenly it scans David with a blue light, and he's literally pulled into the little ball, and it flies off with him screaming for help. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's probably out there on YouTube by now. You should look it up because, yeah, I was like, uh, what the fuck did I just see? Okay. And I guess Noah Hawley has come out. I thought I read somewhere that he's, he said that that probably is the Equinox device they were talking about. Okay. But there was some speculation that it might be. The, the first thing my brain went to actually was... Uh, and it's probably because when Oliver got in his car, I don't know if you noticed, but he was driving on the other side. Yep. So it was like they're in Europe, presumably, even though, I don't know. Um, yeah, and uh, the first thing my mind jumped to is that there was a little ball creature from another dimension in the earliest issues of Excalibur. That okay. kind of kidnapped the team, and, and, and it was kind of peripherally 
tied to like the Mojoverse too, and there's always been oh. kind of rumors that you know, or at least hopes that the Mojoverse might show up in this because I think he did fuck with Legion at one point in the comics too. But so a lot of people were thinking this was like from the Mojoverse or something. But I think the uh, the showrunner has come out and said something effective. It's the the government Equinox thing. So it's just some device to capture David, presumably, and and thus we start our second season. All right, I'm I'm down for that because uh, yeah, that's a swerve. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta think that was maybe an add-on once they found out. It could have been because yeah. it only would take the two actors. They might not even needed to have been filmed in the same room. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, or they just they might have just had a couple endings ready to go that you know with you know, things, oh, yeah. or final with yeah. I guess you could have ended it with uh, Oliver driving off with Lenny if if you weren't going to get a second season. But um, I really thought they might have resolved it better than that. But it looks like we're getting more Shadow King stuff, which means more Aubrey Plaza, hopefully. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm sure she'll stick around. Yeah. Um, everyone's loving her in the show, so I'm sure if they can figure out a way to keep her around, they will. But we did get an email this week. Uh, All right. Brand new, so gotta love that. Um, so it's from a guy named Patrick Delmore, who I see posting on our, our Two Trail yep. Freaks page all the time. Um, and uh, it goes like this. Hi, Scott and Chris. Uh, just watched the last episode of Legion this morning, and... Hope this finds you before you record your review, as you did. And my first thought on the watch, on watching the doctor recover from his burns, that it was very anticlimactic. And it looks like he's going to be a big part of next season, but I would have liked to have seen anyone else's in the cast backstory more than this. Um, Fair see, enough. Yeah, yeah, I mean, said that was, it, it kind of took me out of it for a second too, Pat. Uh, although seeing him walk through the rooms that were first shown in David's memories was a good tease. Um, and I liked getting to see David levitating among the tree stumps. And his John Lennon quote was excellent. War is over if you want it. And I was happy with the end of the show, though. Uh, looks like we'll, we'll get both uh, Aubrey Plaza and Jermaine Clement um, have, you know, have expressed interest in season two. So that'll be awesome. Nice. And, as for the end credits scene, I love this theory, although I don't think it'll ever happen. As for the end credits theme, I'm betting on the shy R. Uh, oh, wow. Because what did the stars say was, you know, we never really just answered that question. Oh. Um, and he says, thanks for the fun shows, Patrick. Um, well, thank you, Patrick. Yes, and I would, I, I'm going to jump right on board with your shy R theory, which will never, ever happen, but I would love to see that. I would love to see it, too. Yeah. <laughs> On TV, with the TV budget? I don't know, man. Yeah, no. uh, I mean, they've... Yeah, and they just... I don't think they even dare open that can of worms if they've never... They haven't touched it in in the X-Men movie-verse yet, especially since the next movie is possibly supposed to be Dark Phoenix again. So if they were ever going to bring in the space elements, uh, they would do it in the movies, I'm sure, but... Yeah. Hey, man, dream big. I'm all for that, Patrick. So thank you, Patrick Delmore. Um, you, too, can email us at weeklyheroics at yahoo.com. And, and Patrick, we, we extend to you our obligatory <laughs> offer to come on the show if you'd like. Indeed. Um, if, if mostly Legion is your thing, you'll obviously have to wait a year until we get back around to that. But keep us in mind. Keep listening. We'll have other oh, stuff yeah. for you, too. Yeah, um, and just in, uh, I know you're a little disappointed with this I, this episode. It wasn't my favorite episode either, mm-hmm. but one of the things, whenever there's narrative storytelling, regardless of how crazy it is, you still have to provide some sort of closure. That's one of my big hang-ups anytime that there's a story being told. Yeah. Does this provide closure? Yes. The, the Shadow King is out of David. Division not is a three or nine. I can't even remember. The bad guys. It's like a the, bureau ostensi- nineteen and a division yeah. three and yeah. <laughs> Ostensibly, the guys that were previously the bad guys realize that there's more in play than what they thought. The Summerland group is in a much different place now, so it does provide closure for most of what they set up during the first season. But it does the right things in terms of serialized fiction where it's dangling out just enough so that you have a reason to continue watching. 
I don't think David is ever David. Yes, he says that he feels better. I don't think that character is ever going to be normal, nor should he be. I mean, that's kind of the point of the show. Now with the parasite out of him, is that going to allow his other personalities that he's had to blossom and come to the forefront of his subconscious? Because um, with that presence inside of him, keeping everything else out and just using David like a puppet, maybe there was no reason for his other personalities to show because they weren't going to be strong enough to fight him anyway. So that can be a whole other thing that they can go into. Um, the the fact that Melanie clearly has a different agenda than it seems like everybody else that's there with her uh, is interesting. And that, and that was heartbreaking when when Oliver mentions her name, and then all of a sudden, oh shit! Right as soon as he realized who she was, he's not going to be himself. Um, yeah, because Gene Smart's definitely making you buy her, you know, loss in that yes. relationship. I mean, she's nailing it. She is, and she's not pushing the way some other people might push after getting a loved one back or somebody that had suffered from amnesia or something. Right. Yeah. She's taking it slow. She wants it to be organic. She doesn't want to push this guy away who doesn't remember who she is. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I mean, she's doing a great job in the show. She's she's a really good actress, and it's funny seeing her in this, because uh, my mother used to watch Designing Women, which means I used to watch Designing yeah, Women. Yeah, I was uh, of it, yeah. <laughs> And it's, you know, a very different kind of character. Um, yeah, that's... On the whole, I, I've not been disappointed with this season. This episode, yes, is more straightforward, but I think, like I always say, you have to have something that's a little straightforward when you're trying to tell a story. You, you can't have it be all conundrum all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, disappointed so, was the wrong word. I mean, it was just minor choices on, on maybe things I would have done differently. Um, it said, no, as overall man i've been blown away by this this season i just i don't think i've ever really seen anything like it <laughs> no not it's there's been a lot of mindfuck movies and tv shows out there but this one is definitely its own thing man <laughs> you know yeah. i said any disappointment i think uh, Maybe the exposition is a little bit, although, you know, I still am enjoying all the, the little tie-ins to when we finally got, you know, them actually name-dropping X-Men characters, you know, as giddy as a fucking schoolgirl, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, I'm definitely invested to see where this goes, and I'm, I'm still going to go out on a limb here and, and say that this may still all be in David's head, or, or like... You know, some of it. Oh, it absolutely could be. Because they, they are still dancing around the multiple personalities thing. It's definitely been heavily implied. You know, obviously the, 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 the scenes of him screaming with all these different characters around him, you know, invading There's space. other people in his head. Right. I mean, but they've never really explicitly named it that. And I, I really cannot believe a show... It seems this meticulous about everything, including, as I said before, like psychiatric technique that you saw with, you know, therapist Lenny and stuff like that. They've done their homework. They they know, you know, the technical terms and, and some of the technical jargon and stuff. And, and definitely some of the medications, you know, as we saw in uh, uh, Carrie and Carrie Chess or Checkers in that one thing. Um, <laughs> And so I, I, I find it hard to believe. I think that the schizophrenia thing is kind of a red herring in a way, and that uh, it's it's either a red herring or it's a lame way to make people, you know, the, the layman relate to it. And, and it'll said it's it's not the way to go. It's it's one of those stigma things of mental illness that that keeps getting reinforced and, and confusion about it. And it's it's not cool to do in anything really. Um, there's the social justice warrior in me coming out. Uh, <laughs> I have a very niche social justice warrior vibe about me. It's, it's uh, mental illness stuff, indoctrinated, indoctrinated from school. I can't help it. But so I still think they're going to have to. Because there's been no real evidence of, of anyone, at least not like in the comics, where he only has certain powers if a certain personality is in control. He he seems to be at the place now that he can control most of his powers, you know, and, and it's all just David, or at least we think it's David. 
Well, what other powers outside of mind reading and telekinesis did the other personalities give him? That's the thing. Well, I mean, I eventually, mean, like everything, and he was like okay. literally godlike. You know, it was reality, time. Um, well, that's I mean, fire, that's, ice, everything. You know, okay. It's so just it's like the hodgepodge of superhero powers. Well, then that's the thing. Maybe they start unfolding that out during the second season. Because, I mean, if you had him as telekinetic, a pyrokinetic, a cryokinetic, uh, time manipulation all in the first season, it's like, where do you go? Well, we've had, like, you know, serious telekinesis, telepathy, and at least teleporting this season. So those are some pretty big ones right off the bat. Yeah, uh, they certainly are. Levitation, obviously. You can sit there and float in midair. (laughs) And the yeah. power to quote John Lennon, that's always <laughs> always fun at parties. Depends uh, on the party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Uh, the na- name of the show is still Legion. So, does just Lenny and his brain a Legion make? Probably no. not. Yeah, so... Yeah, no. I think they're going to have to go there. And I said, I think the, the schizophrenia thing's almost... Almost like a red herring. Eventually, you know, Melanie will be like, "Oh, here's what's really going on. You're not schizophrenic, David. You're actually, you've just got all these different people inside of you." Yeah. And maybe we'll see. I said this is all gonna. Uh, I, I managed to get all eight episodes. Fell off a truck somewhere, so these will all get rewatched very soon. <laughs> and uh, go through and and nitpick them when I don't have to worry about writing about them. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, just some of the things that uh, Murph Tipton, when we had him on, had talked about, like, the different, you know, styles of talking of certain characters. And uh, so I'm going to be going back through and combing for, like, different personality traits that David shows or different mannerisms that may, you know, give away that it's one of his other personalities talking. Because, I don't know. I'd like to think this, this show is as well-crafted as it seems to be, but it could just be, like, making it up as we go along, like Lost ended up being after a while, and they just do it better. Well, there's, there's <laughs> some stuff where you can't make it up as you go along, as yeah. long as you decide that you have a, an ending in mind, or at least closure for some of the stuff that you dangle out, mm-hmm. which is what they did here. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, it, if this did not get renewed... It still wouldn't have been a bad a bad trip, pardon the No, pun. it still would have been a great ending too I think I mean it's, it's, it's ambiguous enough to be like alright the, the main conflict is resolved you know either write your own story in your brain after this or we'll come back with more of it next year for you yeah, yeah. I wonder if it'll be eight, eight episodes or more I think I've read it might be ten next okay week, which I would not be opposed to I'd, no no I wouldn't be opposed to it either it's, and I, I don't think we're going to need to do the memory flashbacks quite as much I, I think we'll be leaving that in the dust I would hope Unless you're getting, unless at this point you get the, you know, other characters' backstories even more. Yeah. You know, cause those have only been touched upon. Because it would be interesting to see. We did get a little bit of uh, patonomies, but there's certainly a story that you can tell there about what happened to him after his mother died. Yeah. Oh, there's tons uh, of backstory for all these guys. That would you be- could easily do a flashback episode of Oliver and, and Melanie's relationship. Yeah. Uh, Sid, you could do a whole episode on her. I mean, there's enough there. And I'm sure we'll end up getting some more real life characters, you know, not inside of David brain inside of David's brain characters as well. I mean, you know, what I think we might end up getting is is Melanie and Oliver flashbacks, but with Aubrey Plaza playing Melanie, kind of because it's what some people speculate that she was dressed as as they were driving away. That it was like, oh, well, she's in. If she's Oliver's in Oliver's seeing, head, yeah. yeah. she's you know, He's seeing young Melanie, basically, now that he's remembered that she, he's her wife, you know, or she's his wife, that, uh, you know, uh, Shadow King's going to play on that and just make him think that he's back in the 70s hanging out with his wife or something. So. Oh, that's certainly interesting. Yeah, and it's... You can't take your eyes off Jermaine Clement on this. He's so... He's just doing his own thing. I mean, it's the character is just—he's kind of broken, but he's still helpful. But he's just yeah. in not in a place where he can be socially integrated yet. He's kind of just doing his own thing. I love it. Everyone's just—I see. I never got on the the what was it, Flight of the Conquest bandwagon. 
think I watched one episode once, but I mean, it was just one of those things I managed to miss somewhere along the line. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually seen it, but uh, I mean, I'm aware that's what he's from. But yeah. So this is really my first exposure to him. Well, I didn't realize I'd seen him in something else. He played one of the vampires in What We Do in Shadows. Okay, see, I still haven't seen that yet, and I'm sure I'll end up watching some of Taika Waititi's movies before Thor comes out. Yeah, because when she's... Oh, dude, this so so freaking funny. It's just not even... All right, all right. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, and, and now that I've made the connection, it just makes his part funnier in that, because you can just see Oliver in that and just in, you know... He plays a very old vampire, and that's all I'm saying. Okay, I'll have to watch that. <laughs> very pervy old vampire. No, I definitely have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this was this was a, I, I mean, for the overall for the season, I I give it. I don't know if I can give it an A or an A minus, but it's a, a damn strong B plus, man. Yeah. It's it's not like anything else on TV right now. And uh, it's nice to have that. I mean, I, and I love the mainstream flights and tights superhero stuff. I, that's right. my bread my bread and butter. I love that shit. Uh, but it's nice that we're at a point now where... Because even the Marvel Netflix stuff is still essentially flights and tight stuff. That's yeah, just yeah. a little dirtier. Yeah. This is completely unlike anything else that's on TV for, for superhero stuff. I love a good de- deconstruction of the genre, too, which this is got written all over it you know it's just it's unconventional and oh i still say it it just it's how i felt that they like they did the force in in the force awakens like with kylo ren stopping the bolt it just felt so much more the powers just felt much so much more visceral and real and real world consequences than some of the you know, more cartoony battles of, you know, Magneto. You know, we've seen how many supervillains wreck a whole city. So Magneto wrecking a city or half the world in Apocalypse didn't do much for me. But just seeing, like, one scene of David with his entire kitchen flying around. That's just such a great, you know, scene of telekinesis gun amok that I, I just love little... The smaller, you know, examinations of that. Because, again, that's all that the X-Men was more about for me than, than you know, the big battles. was what these powers did to these people on an individual basis and how they lived with them. And so we're, this, if nothing else, is a great examination of that, even with the stuff with Carrie and Carrie and, you know... The yeah, how do you co- share codependent mutant relationship? The ultimate codependency. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just... It's... it's you know, it's this show is chock full of things that I didn't even know I needed or wanted, and that that makes a good show to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's. I mean, all of the Summerland X Men are kind of embodiments of certain uh, neuroses or, or or mental issues. You know, the codependency with the uh, Sid not wanting to be touched. I mean, that's like an extreme case of I wouldn't even know what the technical phrase is for it, but I mean that takes. It's different than Rogue touching somebody and like, oh crap, they're gonna go into a coma and I sucked in their memories. This with Sid, it's a completely different thing. I mean, you're taking over somebody's actual body. You know, you're switching places with them. David, uh, yeah, and uh, autonomy. I'm sure that there's something he's well, he's uh, got eidetic memory. I mean, that's like yeah. that's a rare thing. That's gotta be pretty weird. To begin with, oh, yeah. to be able to remember being in the womb. I mean, yeah. that's like, <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing. Like, how long must your life feel, even if you're only thirty years old, if right. you remember every second of it? Yeah, yeah. And I really hope he 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 started out strong in this. I love him as a character, but it's been rightfully said in reviews that it's like, well, he just he's kind of just disappeared for the last three or four. Episodes. Well, he's I mean, just haven't had anything for him to do. He was the memory walk guy, but I yeah. Mean, now he's the guy they, that just wants to shoot everybody. Yeah, and I hope they do kind of show him somehow there's got to be some kind of, you know, battle application of his powers that eventually we come to. It might not be, though. I no. mean, he might just be one of those... He, he he's, doesn't... Yeah, he's Doug Ramsey. He's a utility mutant. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. For, for those of you who didn't and, But he's good with a gun. Yeah. You know? You still have to have protection. Yeah, they need to update their arsenal a little bit. They're fighting guys with modern tactical gear and and, and modern automatic weapons with a Tommy gun. It's, yeah, but that looks cool. Yeah, and a you know fifty fifty round magazine doesn't hurt. 
No. doesn't jam on you. You, you, you shoot a guy in the head, even if he's got a military helmet on, he's, you're probably going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see. And I, I love that stuff like this and, and Logan, this makes me happy as kind of a disgruntled X-Men fan with some of the movies <laughs> and the continuity. Because what, what pissed me off more, I think, about the movies than anything is that they tried to stay in some kind of semblance of, of continuity and they fucked it royally. And then... well, One of the big things I liked about the first three X-Men movies is that it felt internally consistent. Right. Uh, and, I mean, one of the problems with the X-Men books is that how ridiculous their continuity has gotten just from time traveling. Right. And, and then that's when I quit, when it started just folding uh, in on itself constantly. Yeah. Um, you know, one or two time travel... You know, things were, were cool. You know, the Days of Future Past thing was epic, obviously. And yeah, the age of Even age. bringing Rachel back from an alternate future and having her be Phoenix. But then it's like, you know, the, the, the Summers had like eight more kids in the future or something, and all these redheads start coming back to become Phoenix. And like, I'm done. Yeah, it gets to me. <laughs> it's, it's the same with any sort of long, ongoing thing. It's like, that was my problem eventually with the, the expanded universe Star Wars novels. It gets to a point where just your your center can't hold anymore under its own right. weight of right. what you're doing. So it's, I mean... That's I why I, I like properties like this and Logan in particular that seem to be it it fits it, it it makes you develop your head cannon a little more you know it it'll yeah. fit in the continuity if you want it to it's like the original eu novels i always thought in the in the older star wars games that they were always running parallel you know to the the main story and you'd see little tie-ins here and there you know, but it was, and this, this I think is perfect, especially if it's like set in Europe. This could be a sect of mutants that, other than the legends of the X Men, don't have really any connection to like Professor Xavier and all that shit. But suddenly they found his long lost son, so let's go with that. Yeah, works for me. And and it wouldn't surprise me if they they don't you know specifically kind of say that eventually. It's like, well, there's there's these you know there's a urban legend about this team of mutants in New York State that you know is fighting for all of us and you know. <laughs> yeah, they could tangentially tie it in directly to the yeah. to the. I mean, movies. I like to think that it, it is literally. I mean, to that extent, because I mean, or at least you know, as I said on previous podcasts, this is more even tied into the the earlier comics universe than maybe the movie universe because they, yeah. they've never referenced Amu Farouk, Farouk or the Shadow King in the movies so I mean um, the, this ties directly into early Claremont books and I'm loving it so I am loving it as well I am uh, with with Logan happening and, and with this it's in the, the new X-Men show that's coming out I'm, I'm excited for the X-Men and other media yeah yeah absolutely um yeah, it's kind of the same thing that DC's doing to me. So I'm I'm all about having them on TV, and that gives us more stuff to talk about. So. Yay! <laughs> little, other, this uh, little other weekly heroics news: we we've seen a picture of uh, of Medusa recently on the interwebs of uh, the actress playing her with her head shaved. So yeah. Presumably going to go some kind of CGI, which we kind of knew they'd have to go CGI hair for Medusa. That's some ball. That's a ballsy move, though. You're taking a long term commitment if the show stays on for a couple of years. To yeah, it can't be cheap. I mean, well, don't uh, to shave your head. I mean, oh well, like, yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, I wonder and, if they're going to do something where she actually has a shaved head and the, the, the hair only comes out like when she commands it or something. Which oh would be god, weird. I hope not. I don't I want them to go that grounded either. The, uh, I, I'm okay with Black Bolt not having the mask, but it's like, and, and they're giving us lockjaw. But like, don't make them all look human. Yeah, there have been some scenes shot on like regular city streets and stuff, which just concern me. So it does seem to be tied into like the real world stuff a little bit, but. Man, if we don't see him kicking it at Adelan, you know, uh, it, I'd be highly disappointed. <laughs> you're playing in the Marvel universe. Just can you just have Medusa walking around with her flowing locks? Yeah, it's like uh, can Triton look like Triton, and Gorgon look like Gorgon? Come on, man! 
You can do practical makeup for all those. I mean, you, you, the effect. I'm not does. saying it has to be yeah. comic accurate, but like Triton, he's got like green skin, man. Give him some green skin and some yeah. scales. It doesn't have to be creature from the Black Lagoon looking, but you can at least allude to the fact that this is a comic book character. Well, just the fact they're they're going full lockjaw. I, I gotta think they're they're gonna go all in on some Kirby esque stuff for us. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing that I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is is missing for any of the any of the stuff that is kind of Kirby based. They really aren't using the Kirby aesthetic, and and I'd love to see that. I have high hopes for the next Thor. I, from what I've been reading from the director, I he sounds like he he wants to go full weird, which is fine with me because yeah. Thor two, I'm on record. That's really the only Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that just did not land for me. Uh, they try to do too many things, and they they gave the villain kind of. The, you got Chris Eccleston doing your villain, man. Give him a little more to do. That's all I'm well, I, and I'm not even overly concerned about the villains in the Marvel movies. They're not that the movies aren't about the villains; they're about the heroes. Yeah, which is fine with me. Um, because I mean, outside of a certain handful of characters, none of them are super cinematic. Uh, well, you I mean, can't do them justice. To build a good villain, you need, like, the Marvel flick shows that gives you time to, yeah. to know their whole pathology. You know, but it's, this, this one was great for letting us get to know that, you know, the Shadow King was pretty much the main character in the first season of Legion, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, I'm excited for the next Thor movie. It looks absolutely bug nuts crazy. And yeah. part of Thor 2 kind of got there. But it just left me flat. I don't think this is going to leave me flat, just from what I've seen. I mean, we're getting pulling in pieces of world of uh, Planet Hulk, and yeah. you know uh, that pictures that have come out with Thor with his hair all cut off. I'm like, that's an interesting route to go, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure Chris Hemsworth doesn't mind. It. He's like, take that 15 pound wig off me. Thank God. You using the you pictures know? of uh, Kate Blanchett in makeup yet? I have not seen Kate Blanchett, but I did see Jeff Goldblum, and he looks awesome! Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had one shot on an Entertainment Weekly magazine cover or something, and her in a halo makeup. Yeah, not the big hat yet, but... Uh, okay. But just uh, just an incredibly beautiful woman, and even more so in, like, goth... Yeah, uh, she does not makeup. age. She's another one of those actresses that's just not aging. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've you know, this they can make her look very severe and not attractive, and then you can watch her as Galadriel, and it's like, oh, so beautiful. She even looked hot when she played Bob Dylan, and that's scary. <laughs> she did, she did pull it off, man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. she's a chameleon. Uh, man. Oh, I guess, well, since we're not talking about Legion anymore, do we have anything else to add? Not really, but, uh, man, thanks to you guys who, who stuck with us on this one, and, um, yeah, it's been a ride. I'm gonna, I'm counting the days till this sucker comes back out, because, it, it's gonna be, <laughs> look, we got plenty of stuff in the next year that's gonna tie it. We got Preacher, yep. we've got the Summer Marvel movies, we've got the winter stuff that's coming out. You know, who knows whether Shield's going to be back? I don't know. Yeah. But hey, if they're going to pump the budget from Shield into Inhumans and try to make that work, I'm down for it. Yeah. Yep. So that would be. It yeah. looks like the uh, well, the whole upcoming stuff uh, in Shield, which doesn't come back to like April 25th or something. You know, they're doing the whole you know the, the version of their version of the Matrix there. Um, yeah. And I think the the first episode back is literally called "What If." Okay. Uh, and I and I just read today that Madame Hydra is going to show up. So. Oh, all right, all right. So they're obviously. I think I think if they are going out this year, they're going to go out with a bang, and they're just going to be like, it's going to be like, all right, it's a fucking Easter egg party, kids. Here you go. This is everything we we wanted to do, but we were not going to get to. So here it is, <laughs> and I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I'd like to see more of it. I don't know. I mean, where else do you go with it? I mean, the fact that they've had to pull in the Inhumans and Ghost Rider and. I think there were loftier aspirations for it in the beginning. I thought they maybe thought that there would be better synergy with the movies and it would launch them into super incredible ratings and it just didn't. So then they had to go be their own thing, which worked, and they were even better when they were their own thing. But I just, yeah, I'm not sure they... 
if it hasn't been announced yet, I doubt it's happening. That, that's all I'm saying, unfortunately. Well, I just I don't want the show to fall into the, the trap of all right, we're redoing Hydra again. Yeah, that, that worries me a bit. Well, you know, uh, well, that's going to be like in the in the Matrix thing. There's going to be some Hydra stuff, but uh, I'm sure. Which is fine. You know what? If yeah, if they do want to throw Easter eggs out, that's the way to do it. They're in a yeah. simulation. They can give us costumes and, and bring Ward back for us. So. <laughs> Yeah, they're bringing me Mad of Hy- Hydra. Can you bring Baron Strucker back and have like? Yeah, that'd be okay. Yeah, or maybe the you know just cr- absolute bug nut craziness of whatever they're not going to get to, man. Just yeah. throw it in. If Chris Evans pop in in a, in a Hydra uniform, that'd be okay. They'll, the movie guys will never be on there. No, <laughs> no. The main not movie anymore, guys anyway, will never yeah. be on. And Sif has got another job, so she ain't even showing up anymore. I don't even know if she's in the new Thor movie or not. I don't. Think I'm sure is. she will be. Not nah, she should be, like in the big royal wedding with King Thor and, and Queen Sif, but she'll probably show up somewhere. I hope she does. That's a yeah. character that needs to stick around, regardless yeah. of whatever route they go, whether or not Hemsworth stays around as Thor or or not. But. I'd be all for making Jamie Alexander the new uh, cinematic Thor. I'd be all right with that. Uh, hey, I'm out along for just as long as she's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe still. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I'm cool if they decide to do Beta Ray Bill. They're getting cosmic with it, man. Yeah. Or if they want to, you know, do Thunderstrike or some other version of Thor. Uh, if they do Frog Thor. I don't care. <laughs> like, fine. let's do that. Let's do a CGI movie. With Frog Thor, two would have been the, the the best time to do that. He should have like popped in in that like final battle, and they were just popping through different realities. They different have, realities of Thor. That would have been cool, man. Yeah, they should have just had him go through one door, and all of a sudden he's a frog or something. Like, what the fuck is this? And then, they, oh my god, they could have. They could have had female <laughs> Thor, Frog Thor. They yeah. could have had the King Thor with the different armor on. Yeah. They could have had a throwback to, like, the Incredible Hulk movie and had him in, like, a loincloth and shit. Oh, man. Marvel, hire me! Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they, they probably don't have 10 million people, tell, you know, sending them emails that daily. <laughs> I'm the biggest comic fan in the world. You should let me write your movies. Yeah. Yeah, there's well, a lot of us. <laughs> well, Marvel, if you hire me a personal trainer, I can play Puck. So <laughs> yes, he could absolutely. I have a picture of this man standing next to Puck, and it's separated at birth, baby. Yeah, and I'm shorter than Puck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was kind of hoping we'd see a Puck analog in Logan. That would have been a great, you know, if they had had the way I would have wrote it is if they had had him survive at the end and made it to Canada, there would have been Puck waiting there with like other people from Alpha Flight waiting to meet him. I, I yeah, Maybe that man, wouldn't that have got be, some nerd screams. That would have been cool, but uh, yeah, that would have been rad. That's a pro- I'm surprised Fox isn't doing anything with that. Just eh, you know, have, like have an Alpha Flight movie in Canada, so they don't care. Uh, well, they filmed them all in Canada anyway. Why might as well do you know? right? Yeah, get Vindicator and. Sasquatch and Puck and I'm just kidding. I love Canada. I've always loved Alpha Flight. I've always loved Canadian music. I was on the radio in a Northern New York radio station, and I had to. I, I was one of the people that was integral in getting the Tragically Hip played on our station because we're like, dude, Kingston's right fucking there, and we're not playing their music. Are you kidding me? Oh come on! If you're playing Canadian music. You were playing Anne Murray and Brian Adams nonstop. <laughs> Oh, we were playing stuff like, uh, you know, the Guess Who and, and you know, uh, BTO and you know, all those other great Canadian bands. Neil Dick Young. Grayson? Yeah, BTO and the Guess Who. Really? Well, all right. Neil Young, excuse me, like God himself is from Canada. Well, Triumph. I think Triumph's yeah. Canadian, yeah. Rush. <laughs> Anyone yeah. heard of Rush? <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard of Rush. <laughs> All right, we're 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 off ourselves here. Yes, we are. All right, All so right, let's, uh, uh, weekly, weekly heroics at yahoo.com If you want to write in, we'll be happy to read your email and uh, talk to you. Just maybe have you on the show. What 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 a season! If this Back does come out on Blu-ray or DVD or digital, feel free to use the Future Freaks Amazon link on the website and help support the show. 
all about the business, this guy. Good, good man. Well, you gotta get it in there. Yep. Hey, at least we're not like the Kevin Smith podcast where they do all that shit for the first ten minutes up front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you take Kevin Smith in small doses these days. I love his movies, but he gets annoying. Well, we do too. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Still haven't gotten an email saying that we suck yet, so I'm just going to assume everyone loves us. You haven't made it till we've gotten an, ep- uh, an email that says you suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, not, it's not for lack of trying. <laughs> That's true. All right, folks, we'll be back to our regular grind. we got some uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and C.W. stuff coming at you very soon, and uh, Iron Fist should be out before this one, actually, in a few days. So fucking ignore what I just said there. Bye now. We'll see you next week. See ya. All you touch and all you see is all your life.